I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, we knew I was the A-side. Okay, hello and welcome to the Cornermen podcast. This is round 15. My name's Kishan. And my name's Hussein. And yeah, we are the Cornermen. And one of the Cornermen um, has celebrated his big 3-0 on the weekend. Joining Hussein my... is getting a bit old fourth decade of existence you're entering that fourth decade this is what this is you're in the prime of your life right now 30 years old rounds, right? the all the, the the childish days are behind you you you've left your 20s you're now like a proper man this is your time to shine mate i feel good man i thought i'd feel like old and knackered but i feel good man did my first proper 5k of the year <laughs> Five K. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. You were saying you did like a five K for the, for the first time, right? Twenty eight minutes, man. Not too bad. Not too shabby. We can get that down. We can get that down for twenty five minutes. Now that you're in the prime of your life, what's a good kilometer time? If you can, what pace per kilometer? Um, minutes per yeah, kilometer. Minutes per K for a five K. I think a good. A good um, time to aim for, like, if you can be consistent with it, is 25 minutes. If you can get less, 25 or less, you're like, okay, yes, you can, you know, run. Do you know what I mean? And then once you're at that that level, you like, everyone always chases sub-20. Sub-20 is like the big, oh, right, I can do sub-20. Like, yeah, you're, you're quite fit. And, you know, you can run properly. But, yeah, so I don't do start, aim for sub-25. Do you start quick? Or do you start slow, get into it, last few K, you pick up the speed? Tell me your strategy. Well, it, well, it depends. Like If I'm going all out, the, the thing with running is you're, you should be consistent throughout the whole race, whatever it is. You shouldn't, you shouldn't aim to be quicker at any point. You should aim for the same pace throughout the whole race, uh, throughout the whole uh, run. So oh, really? if you're looking for yeah, 25 minutes, then you should be doing five minutes per kilometre for five kilometers right you don't want to be going any quicker to begin with and then slower you can like apparently men statistically men run quicker than women um in the first half of any race and then they slow down towards the end i think because men just want to get out the blocks quicker (laughs) all that adrenaline and testosterone whereas women tend to have what's called negative splits where they're able to be slower for the first half but then speed up in the second half but generally you want to just be the same consistent i'm a bit like the female then i prefer to end a bit quicker starts yeah if you can achieve that like it's better because it's worse to be quick to move off quickly and then not have any gas in a gas left in the tank for the last few kilometers and then end up slowing so you're better off that way actually having negative splits right we continue on this running journey, mate. There's a lot to it. <laughs> Isn't it? Is it the, the thing is, there isn't really a lot to it. Like, as long as you've got a pair of shoes and you've got some shorts, just get out and run. It's good. It is. I got motivated by Chris Congo. 
when he was talking about that, so we made weight. He was just like, that's all that matters. Running. It's like, you know what? Give it a go. Yeah, he's... um. Yeah, I feel gutted for him. We'll come on to him, but yeah, Chris Congo, man. All right, all right. Not small talk. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. What a night, man. <laughs> it was a big one, wasn't it? It was a, such a like a strong card. I wasn't expecting it to be that strong, but it was a good card, wasn't it? I did not expect to enjoy it that much. And the crowd in Gibraltar as well. I didn't expect it to have that much of an atmosphere. Like It was buzzing, man. Yeah, they sounded like they'd never been to a fight. I think it was actually the first professional boxing fight that was ever hosted in Gibraltar. No surprise when you hear the crowds, they were like, yeah, they were going for it. There were only 500 people there, man. And it sounded like a hell of a lot more. Yeah, it did sound like a lot of people. And when they were, I think, apparently, was it you that were saying, or somebody was saying that they've had all their jabs? Yeah, they had um, it multiple times. Yeah, so they they're free as free as a bee, aren't they? Man, good on them. I wish we could have gone. And that, how'd you even get tickets? That whole setup of them on the yacht as well—that was quite cool. How they're all yeah. sort of set up on the yacht. Was it a hotel? It was a hotel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's in a hotel. Um, I think the. Do you see? Dylan White was like, he wants to go back there in the summer, do it outdoors. Really that would be amazing. It. Yeah, the. The um, weather would be perfect for it over there, wouldn't it? But, and then mm. people can take it. People can go there as like a holiday. I guess people would go. I'd travel there, like a bit of a yeah. holiday, enjoy Gibraltar. Watch yeah. Dylan White, case on out. Do you know what, man? I took the piss. Rumble on the Rock. Well, it actually was Rumble on the Rock. It was a great atmosphere, great card. Kudos to Eddie Hearn. Kudos to Eddie Hearn, kudos to the mayor of Gibraltar, whatever you want to call him, the president, oh. prime minister, dictator of Gibraltar, whatever they have there. Offered uh, Dylan a nice £2 coin at the end or whatever that was, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, yeah, he gave him a coin. What was it? Okay, that's cool, isn't it? He gave him oh, a little coin. because they like, oh, we need to stop for an announcement. It was like, WWE, I was like, shit, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And he just gave him a little £2 coin. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good win. We'll get straight into the main card then, and probably work our way down. Right? Um, yeah. What a what explosive fight! It was just from there, from round one. It was just bombs, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't expect it, man. I think I predicted it was going to be an ugly fight. They'd stumble across. It'd be a decision. I just thought White would be a bit gun shy. Povetkin would be a bit gun shy too. To be honest, after that first. Fight. I thought they would. Um, I thought it'd be a lot boringer than that. I'm not gonna be. Not gonna lie to you, but it was it, man. Povetkin ate some shots in that first round straight away. Yeah, he's so durable, isn't he? That guy. That guy can take. I mean, if he can take bombs like that of Dillian White, and he's a he's one of the strongest punchers in the division. You know, like top three, top four, and you're yeah. taking shots like that from him in the first round, and he took them pretty much throughout the fight until the knockout, obviously. Yeah, he's yeah. and he was coming back as well. Like a lot of the, for a lot of the, he was countering, not countering, but you know, coming off uh, a big punch and then coming back with his own uppercut and hook. He was, he was yeah, quite I thought lethal. White, I thought White was like even still just an inch away from being hit. Sometimes I'm like, oh, sh- he's going to get caught, Dylan. He's going to get caught. But fair to him, like he, you got out, reset, 
didn't keep going in. I thought he boxed very well. You said he, he couldn't box. Did he change your mind a bit? Like, it was an explosive fight, explosive end. I congratulate him. Like, I think he did really well to come back and all the best to him, like, for the future and whatever in the next couple of fights. But it wasn't a great performance. It wasn't a great performance. He was swinging and missing. Massive bombs were being thrown that were just completely wild, almost Deontay Wilder-like. But when he did stick behind the jab, when he was jabbing, and when he was keeping the distance, and when he was controlling the fight with the jab, he looked strong. But then he'd come up with these big overhand rights that were like nowhere near the mark. These big left hooks, like almost comical 180s again that he was doing. It was... I, I, I want to praise him because it was a good fight and a good knockout, but it wasn't his, his best performance. Yeah, I think the thing with Povetkin is like his body language from the end of the last fight to this fight was just kind of like he's given up. Like even when he got the knockout in the last fight, he was kind of his body language was almost apologetic. Like he didn't even deserve it, and I think he carried it into this fight. Like I wasn't very impressed with him. Apart from his shot oh, wait, 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 ability. Sorry. You're talking about Povetkin, right? No, 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 I'm talking about White, but I'm starting oh, with right, Povetkin. Sorry, okay, okay. I, th- I think yeah. Povetkin was, was poor. Um, but then White, I see what you're saying in in terms of his his style, but the one thing that his jab was good for was resetting, I think. Like like I said, like you said, he's he's got those wild p- punches. The Shrai Yukins from Ken in Street Fighter. That's what they remind me of, wild swings. But the, the one thing about the jab is he, it let him reset a bit. There are a few times where he was just going mad, but then he was like, okay, no, I need to step back and jab, jab, jab. Like they weren't powerful jabs. They weren't. They didn't have any intent, but they helped him reset. And I think that's something he added to his game, which I haven't seen. Yeah, I think it was good to see that strong jab because he needed it. Um, if he If he didn't have that jab, he wouldn't be able to set up the knockouts. He wouldn't be able to set up the big combos for the for the finish and or and the and the times that he kind of um wobbled him but yeah other than that i mean i think he just really it was strange i thought the tactics going in there round one obviously that's what you want to see i want to i was exciting to see that's what you want to see from a heavyweight fight but it was really yeah. risky of him wasn't it They're like going out there like he even mentioned i think in a pod in an interview afterwards he said that um he did kind of re- not regret, but like afterwards, after he kind of wobbled him and he wasn't able to take him out, he was like, "Okay, I've got to stop now because if I carry on, I'm going to not have any any gas left for the next few rounds." So it was a gamble. Um, clearly, it paid off, but yeah. And his corner was saying the same as well, right? They were like, "Calm down, just reset, jab, stick behind the jab, try and work him." Um, but I agree. I think. As soon as that fight was finished, I was like, Dylan White, he's changed it. He's become a complete boxer. But a few days on, I think I agree with you. I think his performance wasn't amazing. And a few fact- factors of that was one of them, Povetkin, I thought he was very poor. I think he's close to the end of his career, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know how much of it was COVID and how much of it was the fact that he's 41. And he just probably thought, look, this, I'm unlikely to beat this hungry 30-year-old you know, got the rest of his career ahead of him. This is going to be my sort of swan song. I don't know. Like, he probably, um, yeah, there wasn't much from him. 
they was I wasn't sure I was trying to look for like if he was trying to set up anything I was trying to look for patterns I was trying to look for some mm. you know similar to how he was hitting the body in the first round and then went for that uppercut whether he was trying to set something up there and I couldn't see anything I think he was just reacting to to white because white was so aggressive he just had to sort yeah. of react yeah I think I've I was looking for the same from white to like see what traps he was setting because I thought he dropped the box a bit smarter and one time he did jab move back um, and then going for a cross. That was like typical Mayweather, but I, li- I like that. Yeah, I did from see him. that. It was, it was strange seeing that coming from White, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, very strange. I was like, oh, are we going to see something different? Because it was round two as well. But then after that, it was just uh, those uppercuts, man. The Ken uppercuts. Yeah. But yeah. look, man, he's got he's got power, man. Like sometimes I've seen him and I've been like, he looks wild. And like he looks like he doesn't hit that hard, but I thought that that fight, I was like, shit, this guy's actually got a lot of power. Yeah, and 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 he has all that power, and he was able to, and Povetkin, to give him credit, was able to take it, you know, for as many rounds as he did. Um, just shows the strength of his chin. That guy's chin is pretty incredible. Got one of the best chins in the game, Povetkin. But I think I, I think mean he's that's pretty much it. For Povetkin, he's only been beat by yeah. Povetkin's only been beat by big punches, right? Joshua Klitschko was one of the strongest, you know, Steelhammer, Doctor Steelhammer, the strongest puncher in that division at one time. And obviously, Dillian White's no pushover. So, yeah, I think in, if you're going to beat Povetkin, you have to come with strong hands, and he's only ever been beat by strong hands. And Dillian White came with a with strong hands. Yeah, and I thought after the fight, he was really respectful. Went straight for the stall, poured some water over him. Even after they finished all the ring walks and all that, like he went to the dressing room, was just chatting with him. Like he's a people's champ, right? Honestly, it was. We, did you not find that funny? Him. He came, he came in with the the stool and put it next to him, and Pavekin yeah. was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> he's like, "Why are you bringing like, your stool? I've got, my own, I've got my own stool." <laughs> Yeah, he did just stand there holding the stool. But he was, yeah. you could see what he was trying to do in it. He was trying to be respectful and be like, sit down. You need to sit down because yeah. that was a heavy punch. Um, and I thought he could have got one more shot as well just before uh, he dropped. But he, he held back because I think he knew he took him out. I don't know, man. I just I, I really like why he's just come across well. Even when he got the belt and he was started pointing at it, being like, "Where's the diamond? This is meant to be a diamond belt." <laughs> like, yeah, apparently, apparently, Povetkin's fobbed him off. He's given him yeah. the old version of the belt, and he's kept the diamond version. <laughs> yeah, and then even after on in the interviews when he was like, "Eddie, I need to have some less risky fights where I just get paid easy." Do you know what I mean? Like he just he just tells it how he is. He's a lovable guy. He's completely honest, completely raw, and I think. He's changed a bit of a, he turned a bit of a corner, hasn't he? He was previously the bad guy in boxing, but he's coming across now as like the good guy. Like he's extremely respectful post-fight. He's um, yeah. genuine, like genuinely genuine now. You can see it in like his, his interviews. And he talked about how he hasn't seen his son or, but I don't know if it's a son or a daughter, but a baby that he's had for four months mm. because mm. he's been in cap. Basically his, his baby mum has given birth and the baby's four months old, but he's never seen it. He's never, never. Well, never he has over it. like Face FaceTime and that. Well, it, yeah, yeah. Like, not live and direct. Yeah, and I think it, it's very different to I think the way a lot of people see AJ right now. Do you know what I mean? Like his in, his post match last fight was a bit 
Like he just didn't want to speak to anyone. He was kind of like, speak to Eddie. I don't really want to speak to you guys. It's funny, man. Yeah. People's champ. It's, it's the, um, remember what we were saying last time about AJ becoming the bad guy uh, of yeah. the division? He's turning a little bit like uh, Walter White in Breaking Bad. Yeah, man. Now, AJ's, AJ went from the good guy, he's becoming the bad guy. And now you've got Dillian White and Fury is you know, coming across looking like the good guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, what next for White? What do you think? Um, I think any of the names mentioned would be good. Any of them, really. He's clearly not going to get, um, and it's a crying shame. Like it's just, he's clearly not going to get AJ in, or Fury until at least next year. If that, if that, you know, even if you know, I don't, I don't even know if next year is a possibility. But Ruiz, Wilder, Trevor Bryan. Um, any of those names will be good for this year. I think a massive showdown with Wilder, we, that would be huge. Mm. Yeah, Wilder in the summer or at the end of the year, Wembley Stadium, Gibraltar how outdoors. Do you, how do you think that goes? Because neither of them can really, they're not your textbook boxers. I think White's a bit more experienced, potentially. How do you think that's going to go? Two massive punches, wild punches. I think it's. I think if we take Wilder for what he is and not think about what happened in the last fight, I guess, and ignoring the whole antics that have happened in the last year, and just look at his style and fights and wins, I think this is a true fifty-fifty fight. Mm-hmm. If you go based on on just his record and his fight styles, I reckon they're both they're both got bombs for right hands, mm-hmm. and they're both. Unorthodox in a sense that they're not textbook sort of AJ amateur styles. They don't have that amateur style. Mm. Um, So I can see it going either way. Fair enough. What what do you think um, about him versus Usyk? Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, the trouble with Dillian White is I have a problem with him going in with boxers because... Mm. Usyk is a pure boxer, again, amateur. He will know how to deal with someone like Dillian. He'll be smart. He'll know how to move out the way of those big windmilling shots. Um, it's just, again, if if he catches Usyk, then Usyk, as a smaller man, as a cruiserweight, could be in trouble. But I don't like Dillian in there with boxers because he, he's he's got a lot of flaws that could be exposed. Mm. Well. I'd like to see him against a boxer, to be honest. Like, has he fought anyone else that's proper boxer that impresses you? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like Oscar Rivas dropped him. Could you call him a boxer? I don't know. Um, yeah, he's never really been in with a, a talented boxer. He's never been in with an AJ Fury type. He's never been in with a Usyk type at the world level, you know. Mm. So he's definitely needs to be tested in that respect. But yeah, I'd love to see. Yeah, I'd like, like I said, I'd like to see him in there. But in terms of him coming out strong in the in a fight with a fighter like Usyk, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd give that one to Usyk. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about Ruiz? How do you think that would go? Yeah, that's a funny one, isn't it? I don't know. I really don't know how that one would go. Like explosive, quick hands. They'll both, they're both going to, well, Ruiz is going to want to get on the inside 
it might go very similar to how it did today with Povetkin because they've got a similar sort of way of fighting, Povetkin and mm -hmm. um, um, Ruiz. But Ruiz is just quicker. He's just a lot quicker and he can counter. So I don't know. It would be an interesting one. That, will, again, would be a really interesting one. They're both, like I said, they'll be both really good fights. I actually think Ruiz is a decent boxer from like his training videos. That's what I'm basing this on. Um, and plus him being with Reynoso. I think he could cause White some troubles, you know. Yeah, I think Ruiz could could cause any one of those boxers troubles. I know, like, it's easy for us to say this now after he's knocked out AJ and been in the ring yeah. with AJ twice. Like, we wouldn't have given him a chance before that. But yeah, I think he could give any one of those guys if he's on form and he looks on form with Reynoso. Yep. He's fighting in May, isn't he? Who Ruiz? Uh, Ruiz, yeah, he's been announced. I don't know who he's fighting. I think, I, th I think the opponent's even unnamed. I think he just yeah. he just wants to get out. So Fair yeah, it'll be interesting to see him, see him, see what he's, uh, see how he's. Do intrigued. you think? Do you think as a heavyweight you need a strong amateur boxing background? So yeah, if you if you look at Fabio Wardley, he fought Eric Molina, and Eric Molina was a world level contender. You know, had. He, I think he had a man. I wouldn't, call him, I wouldn't call him a contender, though. I'd call him a world level journeyman. Maybe, yeah, probably. I mean, but my point is, I don't, I think if you're big, you're strong, and you've got um, power in the heavyweight division, I don't think you need the, the amateur skill to, to be at the world level, to come to world level. Obviously, it helps, but it doesn't, it's not necessary, I don't think. What did you think of the Wardley fight? He's got um, he's got an awkward style, doesn't he? Like he likes to move around a bit. Yeah, there was a times where he was like not even moving, like he was just kind of just watching Molina. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of him. I think he's a he's he's a, he's he's good to sort of watch. I, I like to watch him, and he's um he's got that background about him, the whole white collar thing. I don't know how far it will really go. I think he's just, I think he's just a, a bit of a draw, a fan for the fans. I think that's why yeah. Eddie Hearn likes him. I'm not sure how far it will go. I don't think he'll. I don't think he's a top ten. He can make top ten. Um, he's just a night. Nice, just another good heavyweight to have on the card, isn't he? Good British heavyweight. Yeah, could have some British clashes, right? Yeah, definitely. Good to see at the domestic level. It's be good to see him. Good strong jabs by Molina sort of kept him at bay. And I think so. He needs to work on the basics. I think because I think Molina was winning that fight. I'll be honest. Yeah. Molina was doing doing the business. I think um, he just until... he just looked um, like he just doesn't look like he's boxing, does he? Like he's got his arms down. He's moving around. It's a bit like a stingray, but yeah, he doesn't doesn't throw much. Just looking for a yeah. bit of a power shot sometimes. Yeah, and I think Wardley just got lucky with a good counter KO. Like he was, he was rocked by a right hand from Molina before he got knocked out. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it was a good win, but I'm not sure about his him being at the world level. But yeah, there'll be some good domestic bust ups with him. He'll make a good career in boxing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Shall we talk about Cheeseman? What a fight! What well, fight. That was incredible. I just love um, watching wars like that. Unbelievable. Bro, the guy's like 24. I thought he, he looks was like... about 50. 
Yeah, you could tell he's been through some rounds, isn't it? My God, what a fight! Yeah. And that round was it round eleven. My God, yeah. best round of boxing this year, man. It was crazy. I think everyone tipped JJ Metcalf to be the it was the favorite, and because of Cheeseman's last performance, kind of like maybe on his way out. But he just improved so much, and Cheeseman just came out winning exchanges. He looked sharp. It was just, they were both going toe-to-toe. This is the kind of fighting you like to see. This is the British fights that you can't yeah. quite like to see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, Man, it was it, just he, hell for leather. It was just non-stop. It's great action. Like, 11th round, you wouldn't have thought it was the 11th round. you think it was, like, the 4th or the 5th because it was just so exciting. You're edgy your seat all the time. Yeah, like yeah. you said, British boxing at its best. Yeah, he's probably becoming my favourite domestic fighter, um, Cheeseman, just because someone said it the other day. He's like, Ted Cheeseman has been in more wars in the Middle East. I think he's it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's quite right. Every fight he goes in is just like a war, and this was like one of the best. Um, yeah, it, it could have stole the thunder from the from the card yeah. if Dillian White wasn't a knockout, right? Uh, it could have yeah. been a standout fight, I, I but it was, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. I thought it was the best. I thought it was the best fight on the card, to be honest. Like it was just so entertaining, so so entertaining. Yeah, can't He's wait to see him again. What do you think of uh, Campbell Hatton pro debut? I thought it was a bit, a bit disrespectful having him like ahead of the Congo fight, and but ignoring that, um, I think it was very nostalgic seeing him come to the ring to that entrance music he his body movement yeah. is exactly like his dad's so that was really good to see um i think he was just really nervous that fight her first pro fight you're going to be nervous and he even said it after the fight like he could box a lot better but the occasion got to him i like his rawness um yeah he just needs needs loads more fights man but not yeah. headlining or anything it wasn't. It wasn't that impressive. I'll be honest. It was. I think the nerves got to the better of him. He wasn't. He didn't look that great. I think he was looking for the knockout, but couldn't quite find it in Jesus Ruiz, who came to fight. Um, he wanted to knock him out, right? First pro debut. I want. I want a KO. Um, but that's what's meant card. to happen, right? Ruiz has a terrible record. Been beaten by everyone. He was there to be, you know, knocked out, but um, Hatton couldn't. Couldn't do it. He almost had him, I think, in the last round. I think he mm. shaped him. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a bit of a lackluster performance. And the, the good, I mean, I saw there were some good body shots. He looked like the way he comes forward, like Hatton, like this, and then had some whipping body shots. And it was, I think there's, like you said, there's there's the rawness. There's there's some talent there. I just think he just needs a few more fights. And in the fourth round, he looked like he'd been going for fifteen. He was yeah. completely gassed out, wasn't he? <laughs> Which was a shock because he's apparently meant to be fit as a fiddle, and he's young, man. But yeah. I think I think it was the nerves. I think it was the nerves. Probably, yeah. Long way to go. Yeah, but, yeah. He hasn't got much of an amateur background as well, which I think helps at those lighter weights. We'll see what happens. I'd like to see more and more cards. Yeah. Just fight loads of people, get more experience, and then live up to the hat and name. Yeah. On to Congo McKinson then. Our boy Congo took, uh, uh, this, took his first this L. Was, this was sad, man. This was sad. It's literally that round one. Yeah, 
it was round one it was like okay this is it's looking shaky for him wasn't it mm. um yeah it's close I, close fight man it was definitely a close fight definitely a close fight i do agree with the judges though i think mckinson won it i i think there was um yeah it was a really close fight i think he just couldn't get to him. Conga couldn't get to McKinson and hate to use the cliche, but he couldn't solve the problem because I think he had uh, he he had that southpaw stance. He was coming in with the left hooks. Congo wasn't quite able to evade them and he wasn't quite able to land and find openings with him. And I think he just struggled, but it was close. There were rounds where you, anyone could have took it. And it came to the last... Some of the rounds, it came to the last 10 seconds. Whoever... Yeah. whoever had a better exchange in the last 10 seconds, could have taken the round. So it was really close. Yeah, I think it was just one of those fights where you could give them five more rounds, you'd have the same thing. You'd just be really close, real, real edgy kind of thing. Yes, you get that, get these types of fights in boxing sometimes, isn't it, where you've got someone with a, a very huge amateur pedigree, great jab, but they just can't, can't land anything, can't get close to someone. You can tell they were both desperate towards the end of the fight when they would land a punch and they'd raise their glove. Oh, it was almost yeah. comical. Like every punch, every other punch, it was like they were both raising like, their gloves. Yeah. Like the... 20, 30 seconds in. I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm old school, but I don't like seeing that, man. Like that's you're wasting time to get some more points, be, be aggressive, end the round, end the fight. Like the commentators were saying, that's an old amateur's trick, isn't it? It's like, you know, in, in football, when you raise your hands, like you do that kind of thing when you've not fouled mm. someone or you're trying to yeah, see yeah. you've not fouled. And it was a bit like that. When you when you score, you raise your hand to let the judges know you've scored. And it was yeah. just a bit, just just fight, just get on with it. Just just take the round. If you look for the knockout, try and, try and break the, the other guy's defence. But um, yeah, it was uh, unlucky for Congo because I think if he'd have if he'd have gone forward, if he'd have kind of took the fight to Mackinson rather than yeah. being on the fact foot, yeah, if he was a bit more aggressive, I think he would have took it. He'll learn a hell of a lot from this fight, and credit to him for doing an interview afterwards as well. Yeah, it was not a loss, bro. It's a lesson learned. Very true, very true. We'll try and um, try and get him on the podcast, maybe as like a post-fight interview. See what he says if he's up for it, so he can maybe he can break the fight down better than than we have. Yeah, um, I missed the BT uh, card. Do you want to talk about that? Big upset. Wasn't yeah, it? so we'll quickly touch on it. But um, Willie Hutchinson was going in the favourite against Lennox Clark. I think Willie Hutchinson was meant to be like this big upcoming super middleweight star for, for BT Sport. And Lennox Clark was supposed to be his come-up fight, his sort of real test, and he was the favourite. And Lennox Clark just just knocked him out silly, gave him a real lesson in old-fashioned toughness. It was basically old-fashioned toughness against the slick, stylish... Willie Hutchinson's the kind of like the, um, the uh, Josh Kelly of, of BT Sport. Of, of mm. Frank Warren's boxing. He's got that slick style, quick, hard-hitting, young, um, bit cocky, you know. Um, but he just got a bit of a lesson. He was, Lennox Clark would smother him, wasn't afraid to exchange and then clinch, use his head. Like, you know, the ref was, ref was getting a bit annoyed about his head movement. But that's what you've got to do sometimes with fighters like this, that, uh, that, mm. that are slick like Willie Hutchinson. And then... 
yeah, big right hand. He's a big right hand, a headbutt, basically a big right hand, a headbutt, and then another left and right. And Hutchinson went down. And Lennox Clark was like, "Yeah, you've overlooked me." Um, so it was a good fight. Good again, another good lesson for a young fighter like Willie Hutchinson. But it was a, yeah, it was a good, good knockout from Lennox Clark. It's good, man. Do you know what? I'm actually really enjoying British boxing. So I'm going to convert you, mate, from Hollywood to, um, I was going to say Bollywood, but that doesn't make no sense. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, man. Some of these cards have just been so good. Great boxing. And then I guess because they're Brits, you can actually follow the journey a bit more, right? Whereas I think when they're American, and it's a bit harder to follow the, the come up. Yeah, yeah. It is, I think, because, and yeah, you can, you see them like more, more here, like on social media and whatever, and you hear stories about them because they're local. So, yeah, it's good. I think it's a good time for boxing in general, to be honest. These, there's so many more cards coming up. I don't think it's been like this in years. So, I think we're lucky. Yeah. And then I guess Olympics in the summer, man. I think I'm going to pay very close attention to British boxing in the Olympics this year because you do see the fruits of, of these boxing camps in a few years time. So it'd be good to see. Yeah. Well, AJ was a, AJ was a big amateur star and he won, he won gold, um, London. So you might see the next, the future AJ this year. Never know. So, um, have you been in camp and any news that we want to discuss before we end the pod? (sighs) Been a bit boring, but I've got to talk about Davis and his, uh, Drunk driving shenanigans. Yeah, it's a bit strange that one, isn't it? I knew he was a bit of a bad boy. He's been in, I think he's been in prison before, hasn't he? Or he's been in, he's had some run-ins with the feds. Look, man, I said I said before that he, he risks being a broner, right? right? He's got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, I don't know what's going to happen with him there. Maybe that has that ruined any chance of a fight this year. Uh, it ruined his future. That's you know, hit and runs a big thing, man. In in, in America, yeah. same division. We've got Haney versus Linares coming up. I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be a quality fight. It's a shame he couldn't get anyone else. Could he? Can't. It's a shame that none, none of them would fight each other. But yeah, know. but we knew that was going to happen, right? Yeah, but it's still a bit of a shame. I mean, Jorge Linares is is a warm up fight for him. Yeah, it's a, he's it's a, you know top 10 top 15 but yeah i'd rather see him in there with someone else but can't complain i guess yeah, so yeah. he needs a fight devin Haney hasn't big fight like like um what's his name garcia has so he needs this yeah he needs an explosive night um de la hoya's comeback interested <laughs> yeah not really uh, I won't watch it, but um, it's just interesting to see you now that he's coming back, isn't he? July third. <laughs> oh, he's he's talking about fighting Pacquiao. Who... Nah, nah. Pacquiao has been too be active wise. recently. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be wise. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. To be honest, just another payday, isn't it? Another Titan. Probably going to be on Triller, right? With Snoop Dogg, that's all I'll watch it for. <laughs> yeah. And another American Mexican, Andy Ruiz, he's fighting in May as well. I think we spoke about that earlier. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that to be honest, because like, I didn't, I didn't really know about Ruiz before he 
stepped in to fight AJ and then he fought AJ and then not done anything. So curious to see like everyone throws him in his hat in the net in the ring about like these heavyweights, but I haven't really seen much of him. So it'd be good to see him against a, a fire. Yeah, because and, and with the Renoso's, you know, being in the camp with Renoso, seeing what that's done to him and his fitness, yeah. his quads. Yeah. Have you seen his quads? The guy's oh quads God, are oh. huge. He's gone for a transformation, hasn't he? He's, he's stopped eating the Snickers. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to slow him down, though. But those quads, <laughs> my God, they're massive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's it, really. The only other bit of news was Canelo Saunders sells out 40,000 tickets in pre sale. That's going to be a massive turnout, isn't it, in May? It's going to be a big that. event. It's going to be a big event. Well, I guess we've got Frampton Herring next week. This week. Yeah. Frampton Herring, April 3rd. Bit of a strange one in terms of broadcasting. Could be free on IFL TV or Channel 5. So that'll be interesting. See what the why is um, it com- why is it just, commentary why is, is like. Uh, wait, is he... Um, I don't is know. He Frank Warren? He's MTK, is he? He is, Frank- but... I, yeah, but I don't know whether he's like his deals ran out with Frank Warren or whether Frank Warren didn't want to promote it and couldn't afford it or it's, it's just too too packed these next few mm. months for them to promote it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, man. It's, a, it's a big fight, isn't it? It's a big fight. This, if he wins this, is he'll be the he'll be Ireland Ireland's first three time world three three, three weight, weight champion. champion. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting story and, as well with Herring. I don't know why it's not like marketed more. Yeah, I won't be staying up for that. So I don't know if you are, but I can't stay up for that one. So I'm gonna have to watch that tomorrow, the, the day after, mate. I'll watch it, mate. I'll watch it. <laughs> what do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> I think I think Frampton. Um, I don't know. I think I think Frampton will do it. Uh, will edge it. Uh, he's. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just saying that because it's I know more about him, and it's Frampton. Yeah. Okay, I don't I know. Think I'm going to he... go. I'm, I'm going to go the other way. I think unanimous decision. Herring. That's my prediction. All right, I'll go unanimous decision. Frampton. I don't think either of them have got a knockout in them, but and I think, yeah. I think. Frampton's going to want this to to sort of cement his legacy. So I think he'll be quite hungry. But who knows? Yeah, I just feel like Frampton's past his peak, personally. But we'll see. He's getting on. He's getting on. So so are we, mate. We're both yawning. You're definitely getting on, mate, with your... uh, Yeah, your big day yesterday. Into my fourth decade. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, we'll be back next week then, I guess. Review of Herring Frampton and um, yeah, a few more upcoming cards, exactly. <sighs> nice one, everyone out, mate. Good night. <laughs>